This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week Podcast special subject today, the 2016 TV Week Logie Awards. Extra special guest, Emma Nolan, editor of TV Week. Welcome, Emma. Thank you, James. Now, you recovered all right from uh, Sunday or...? You're still in recovery. Uh, well, I'll be okay after we send the issue to print in a couple of hours' time, <laughs> and then I'll put my feet up maybe. Okay, that's our cue to maybe keep things moving along too, because you've got to get back and get that magazine to the printers. Also joined by Dan Barrett, uh, Media Week Deputy Editor. Welcome back, Dan. Good morning, James. And Andrew Picardo, Media Week Contributor, Movie Historian, TV Historian. Logie's Watcher. Wear lots of hats. Yeah. Logie's Watcher, I love a, I love a good Logie's Night. Yeah, you seem to be, you know, because you, you live tweet a lot of yeah. TV and you seem particularly pleased with the uh, with the uh, broadcast on Sunday night. Yeah, I thought it was a really uh, good broadcast. I thought that um, technically, I thought the pacing of it was really good this year. Um, it, it was just, it didn't feel like it was forced at all. Uh, technically, it was really, really great. It just went a little bit uh, off the rails when Craig McLaughlin spoke a little bit too long about himself and that appalling comedy routine he did. Did he learn nothing from the footy show? I mean, he's <laughs> standing beside Miranda Tapsell looking her like a, look, making her look like a twit. And, you know, last year she delivered one of the greatest Logie speeches of all time, which had a lovely payoff this year, I thought. She talked about diversity last year and here we were just a year later and diversity really came home for the Logies. So, you know, apart from uh, Craig's uh, moment there, I thought the presenters were fantastic. Fantastic! I thought that Dave Hughes did a fantastic opening. I thought that Peter Hellier and Kitty Flanagan just did the most brilliant routine. And I thought some of the acceptance speeches were particularly amusing. Everyone sort of caught that casual comedy theme. I thought the living room uh, accepting their award in Spanish to make fun of Miguel's accent was hilarious. And, you know, Sean McAuliffe's uh, acceptance speech for Mad as Hell. I mean, that's one of the all-time funniest speeches. It was really, really good this year. Yeah, look, we'll get into a few more of your highlights a little bit later. Tell us, Emma, it, you've worked on a few Logies now, right? Been yes. there for a little while. You've been at TV Week for quite a while. Is this almost the best reception any awards has ever gotten, do you think? I'd have to say it's up there. It's pretty much the best I've been to. I was sitting in the room and I have to say, I received nothing but positive feedback from, you know, the people in the room and afterwards and seeing what was talked about on social media. I felt like everyone was really pleased with the results and the show. I mean, I've only watched bits and pieces of um, the show so far, but sitting in the room, um, I think it was a wonderful reception. Yeah. And now you're a busy lady. You have a magazine to get out every week. Now, I mean, we understand the pressures of that here at Media Week, but how involved can you actually get in the Loki Awards? Like, what's your duties in terms of actually dealing with the presentation itself? Look, uh, we're obviously very heavily involved in the voting process and organising that. The telecast itself is um, uh, down to the Nine Network. I mean, we definitely put our suggestions forward of things we'd like to see, but it's um, pretty much a Nine event. We organise uh, the after party and uh, the red carpet with actual telecast cast is nine, is nine. Yeah, and the actual voting process, does that really come through you as a team? Or? Yes, we could yeah. organise that. Um, obviously, it's um, uh, an independent process, fully audited by Ernst & Young and Roy Morgan, but um, you know, we organise the voting and deal with the networks in terms of getting the names and the whole process. Yeah, and bribe money goes directly to you, or is it the team's <laughs> a lot? Oh. No, 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 definitely not. Um, as I said, it's fully independent, and um, I said, we were really pleased with the results. Emma, there was a bit of chat beforehand mm. that, look, there was no international um, movie stars, mm. no big international TV celebrities, there mm. were no international 
rock pop stars mm. um, and in the end it seemed to almost uh, mm. bring about a better atmosphere mm. there was sort of I don't know yeah. less pressure less yeah. worrying about the big main attraction and yeah. everybody just enjoyed every moment of the yeah uh, I think so I think in previous years we've actually copped a bit of negative feedback for like this is meant to be an Australian night celebrating Australian talent and I think that's what it ended up being you know we got to see the best of our you know actors presenters comedians on the night and I don't think anyone missed having a big you know, oh, I don't think there. they did either. I, I, I you know, and I think really it actually helped the atmosphere, didn't yeah. it? It possibly did. Yeah. Mm. There was that no, there was no moment where people are cringing about what that star from NCIS <laughs> thinks of Australia when they yeah, sort of come out. So I know it was kind of nice. It alleviates it. Yeah, and is that pretty much a, a nine thing, or do you get involved in that, maybe trying to get some big-name stars? Does oh, we that... definitely, you know, uh, are involved in the lead-up. Um, we have our contacts over in the US in terms of um, our US reporter and networks, and we were involved in that, and I guess the timing of this year's event worked out that uh, there was no one, a big US star out here, but as I said, it's it wasn't the be-all and end-all for us. You know, I was really happy with the result, and I think our local talent really got to shine. The also in the lead up, there was lots of discussion about you know some of the uh, particular the gold Logie nominees. Mm. We've all thrown our two cents worth into that, but mm. but in the in the end, that seems to have helped uh, foster uh, interest in the whole event as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, you would have seen that ratings are up this year, and I think uh, there was a lot of talk in the lead up, both positive and negative. Um, I was actually talking to someone the night before the Logies, and they said. Um, people are talking about it that's the thing you know like if we weren't talking about it you know you'd probably be worried but there was a lot of um you know toing and froing and chat about it but i think um in the end everyone tuned in to see who won the gold logie well, you I mean, the chat oh. continues sorry Dan, the chat yeah. continues i mean there's there's some you know i would describe it as unpleasant uh, mm. unpleasant mm. negative criticism and it seems to me like all the right-wing conservative commentators have once again aligned themselves to take a pot shot at Walid mm. Ali and and you know someone you know Miranda Devine wrote in the paper today that the audience was full of leftist lovies which is just <laughs> the most ridiculous thing to say mm. and but you know what it's it's great that people are talking about the uh, the awards because you know I heard uh, several people say on the ABC on the Monday the day after it wow I mean we really actually think for you know that they're relevant that yeah. they've become relevant now yeah and when it, what it comes down to is that the people voted it wasn't the people in the room Correct. it was the TV viewers at home that's right they obviously had a connection with Waleed and uh, like what he's doing so and they were the ones that voted is that a bit of a backhanded compliment though when people say oh look it's, they've become relevant sort mm. of dismissing the past you know when you, you do you tempted to say to people hey look if you look mm. we've actually done some interesting stuff in the past and yeah we have and you know i was saying in the lead up like um you can you know if we have uh, i guess your more traditional people in the lineup you cop, cop a bit of flack saying oh, it's a bit boring and then you have a few new people on the list and it's like why are they there so <laughs> um but as i said you know pe people are talking about it it uh, feels exciting it felt relevant you know we were surprised when we saw the list but excited because i thought well this is great. Can you ever recall a time in Logie's history, I can't, mm. where a major newspaper wrote an article call, saying six reasons why this person mm. should not win a gold Logie? Mm. I've never, ever mm. heard anyone in mm. this country devote an entire page that to was a, a nominee they didn't like. Though, that yes, day. it was, but it was still misinterpreted oh, well, as yeah. it wasn't a well-written tongue-in-cheek thing mm. because she didn't really make it clear. And you, you ended up reading it two ways. And mm. But what I saw with that was... No Nobody ever wrote an article when Scott mm. Cam was nominated and won a gold logie. Nobody ever went, oh, my God, a carpenter's won the gold logie. Mm. This is ridiculous. But suddenly, because mm. Waleed and Lee Lin were in there, it led to all of this really 
undignifying mm. responses. I have to say there were one or two negative articles, but I mean, it sort of provoked, you know, a flow of like really positive reactions to it. So, you know, we all know who wrote the art negative articles, but I have to say there were a lot of positive reactions mm. as well. Yeah, were you nervous at all just in regards to the idea that maybe Wally Darley wouldn't win or Lee Lin Chin? Like, if it actually turned out to be Scott Cam up on stage, which mm. yeah, that would be reflective of obviously what the mm. voting process had, but obviously the flurry of opinion pieces straight afterwards would mm. just be a nightmare. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, you know, pleased with the result. Um, you know, I just think, and as it said, it's it's hard for me to comment because it's not my choice. It's the viewers at home picked it and, you know, they had their say. What do you mean, Dan? If mm. did Oh, well, I mean, there's obviously going to be one or two pieces mm. now where so people are So you think Scott Cam, there would have been outrage if he'd won gold? Well, I think so, because I think oh, so yeah. many people were invested in the idea of Waleed Ali mm. or Lee Lin Chen taking it. Mm. I think more Waleed, to be honest. But mm. I think people thought this would be a great sign for diversity and really showing that mm. someone like Waleed can be the face of Australian TV. And if he hadn't won, I can just imagine just, like, the internet erupting sort of within minutes afterwards. <laughs> oh, I think, you know, I can't, can't imagine that happening. Mm. <laughs> you don't think there'd be a swarry no. of negative opinion? No way. I mean, there's negative now mm. because he did win. Mm. Oh, no, I, I think it would have been bigger if he didn't. No, no, not at all. Not yeah, at all. we'll fight I, out. I the think chance. there would have been disappointment. I'm <laughs> well, there would have been disappointment. There would have been disappointment. I think it was a popular win in the room. I yeah. have to say, like, it was, you know, standing ovation, there was a nice feeling in the room. So It was a popular win in the room and it was a popular win because the that's what the people voted. I say this to people mm. all the time when they get upset and even myself when mm. something wins and I think, really, they won? And then you have to go, wait, stop. Mm. That's what the Australian public voted well, for. And, and I believe that they should be allowed to have their mm. voice and that we have to let them decide. Well, okay, but awards. then you can say that to whoever gets the award then. Well, okay, uh, yeah. that was public. Mm. I mean, yeah. Scott Cam did get up mm. except one Correct, for the block. Correct, a couple of years ago. Well, yeah. he, he got up on Sunday night. That was the first award of the night. Mm. The block won and... Got Correct. Cam got up and took Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Internet didn't quite melt down then. So. No, 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 no. But people say, you know, people, you know, I heard somebody say this comment about, oh, you know, I can't believe the Bogans picked these shows again. It's like, wait, people who watch television, you can't classify them as Bogans because they've picked a show that you don't like. You have to look at the picture that a popular voted award is what the people vote and people have to accept that. Also, there's a lot of Bogans out there. I'm just saying, like, you know, if the large majority of people are Bogans, then, you know, this is representative of the great Bogan viewership. Yeah. If I'm sitting there with my latte, then... Well, let's not turn this, <laughs> turn this into a... I'm criticising Australia. Bogan, I'm not criticising. <laughs> um, Dave Hughes is the... Op- sort of the opening and the closing mm. MC, if you like, and then guest host throughout the night. Mm. So you've done that for a little while now, and it seems to be something that's working quite well. And Dave Hughes really mm. should have cemented his spot, I think, um... He should be signed up some sort of long-term deal, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. Um, it goes back, I guess, to the year. Andrew Denton did the opening and, you know, throws a few calls out to all the networks. It makes it very inclusive to everyone. Everyone gets a, a bit of a roasting. Um, yeah. And it was it's funny and, it, you know, I, I think it worked well. I'd like to see him back. If you think back to the very first time that Dave Hughes did his comedy routine where he'd come in kind of later in that night when maybe attention was starting to wane a bit and he came in, it was always such such, such a bolt of hilarity. Mm. I understand now why he opens the show. Mm. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I have to say the energy in the room this year was great, right from, you know, the warm-up guy early on and as soon as Dave came on, the room was just sort of with the show. It sort of had a great energy. Yeah. Is yeah. there ever any public talk about the number of people voting? So, like, do you actually say there was, you know, 10,000 people voting this time? And if there was an award where, say, the Gold Logie was won by, like, say, just, like, mm. three votes, would that become something that becomes publicly known? 
We'd never release the voting figures. I mean, I just don't... It's a significant amount. Um, I know people have thrown around some numbers and I'd have to say it's a lot more than that, but it's not just... We've, TV Week have never released the numbers and never will, but it's, you know... You know, there was talk about people throwing around some how-to-vote cards on Family Feud, and I, you know, I have to say that that's not going to sway the vote either way. So it's you know, it's a significant. Well, there's probably amount. nothing wrong with that, though, is there? No, really? and no, there's nothing. Asking new, your fans to vote for nothing you. Nothing new about uh, Logie's campaigning. It's hmm. been going on for years, and it's a popularity vote. You know, it's nothing wrong with fans getting behind their favourite stars and show. And it doesn't always guarantee you a win either, because there's some stars that you know who don't have are not on social media, don't have fan groups, and still get a Logie. Hmm. So. Yeah. Are there more voters than there are Netflix subscribers? Oh, that's no great because comment. we don't know how many Netflix <laughs> subscribers are. That's brilliant. Yeah, good question. Um, tell us, um, Emma, during the weekend there they have a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Do you get to go in and have a look at that or are you busy doing other stuff? Or? Oh, definitely. Um, we have our room set up backstage where we do all our photo shoots and interviews and it's right next to the... Palladium, so we're ducking in and out, looking at rehearsals and seeing how it's all going along, have a chat to the EP, and yeah, so very close to it. Okay. And just tell us a little bit about TV Week. This is your big event of the mm. year, I guess, yeah? So you, you obviously do all the lead-up, mm. then you do the big follow-up. Now, the the magazine that came out mm. on the morning after the Logies, mm. it didn't really have a winner's list because no. you need to keep that under mm. lock and key, but it, you sort of profiled the winners. Is yeah. that is that as sort of much as you feel safe doing? Yeah, look, we do a lot of shoots with a lot of the nominees from uh, in the lead-up to Logies and theme shoots, holding Logies, and, you know, we try to um, focus on those people. We think everyone will be talking about the morning after, whether they're winners or not. Um, we don't run a winner's list in the magazine. Um, just in this age of um, social media, I think it's a bit too risky. And you know, how we cover the event has drastically changed. Um, gone are the days that people want to wait a whole week to see the gold winner on the cover holding a Logie. We're banging everything out on social media that night and all our photos and all our videos. That's not to say we don't do a, a nice wrap-up the week after, but so much of the coverage is sort of going out straight away. Is there the possibility of delaying the publication of the magazine for a day or two to allow you to have that coverage? It's very tricky with TV Week because we're a TV guide mm. and people are very habitual about when they buy it, when they the guide starts, so it's yeah. quite so difficult. a big risk, wouldn't it? If you it say be... came out Wednesday instead of Monday, yeah. you could miss. Listen, I make a trip to the newsagent on a Monday morning. <laughs> I've been doing it since I was eight years old. Yeah. If you know, and I know people like like mm. me who but go right, buy their magazine risk, on Monday. Isn't it, if yeah, you it is. It to if Wednesday. you're a couple of days. Did you do what once a couple of years ago? Did you actually try that? Rings a few a bell years to back. Me it too. rings a bell that yeah. maybe the the magazine did come out on a Wednesday, yeah. but then reverted to Monday. Yeah, and I think we've done something like wrapped a cup like wrapped a normal issue um but as i said um you know it was really social media first and digital first this this year in terms of our coverage i don't as i said i don't think people want to wait seven days to see all the party pictures and so we pushed a lot out on social media and website that night and and yesterday what social channels are you using is it just twitter because you're obviously pretty heavily on twitter these days like is there instagram as well yeah we've got instagram and facebook and our website so um we did the coverage was very different across all three Mm. obviously instagram and facebook are more image-based and video and twitter we had someone live tweeting the show yeah do you anything try anything edgy like say snapchat or go that far Uh, out we didn't go the snapchat this year uh maybe next year yeah because these are big decisions you need to make, mm. Emma, aren't they? When you, I mean, your focus is your magazine, I guess. Mm. But, but these days, it's a really hard job editing a magazine and mm. knowing how to, you know, split your resources and engage with your audience mm. and and to monetize that, isn't it? You know, so yep. how do you think you're going along that path? Is it? No, I think we're going well. I mean, in 
you know, it's important for us to keep the TV Week brand relevant um, and go into the future. Into that, we have to, we can't just keep everything in the magazine. Obviously, um, I think people got some value from the magazine that came in on Monday. They got beautiful photo shoots, the first interviews with the, you know, the relevant people, and then they they were getting their coverage online from the actual event. So I think they got the best of both. I don't want to get stuck under the voting and all that sort mm. of stuff, but just you've had voting that closes relatively early. You've had in the past, I think, mm. voting that went for just a maybe for the gold mm. until just before yep. the, the, the Logie. So where were we? Now, voting now closes quite a while ago, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, we started the voting at the end of last year, obviously because it's to reflect the shows that aired last year. So we wanted to start it while those shows were still fresh in people's minds. We took it over the non-ratings period and it sort of finished um, end of January. Okay. Um, and we so nobody could vote no. after January. Is that too far away, though, you think, from the awards at all? Um, Does that, I guess it would concern you, but yeah. just, you're, you're locked into these TV dates and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I guess we have to work with Nine on that. Um, in the past, the Logies has been a little bit early with March, but there, around that time of year, there are a lot of factors like Easter and holidays and on ratings periods, so we have to work with Nine on when's the best time to air the show. And um, we, you know, We used to have the Race for Gold. Um, we scrapped that a couple of years ago because we feel like it's just a, better to contain it all in the one voting period. Yeah. One, of, one of the things I love about the Emmy Awards is that it kicks off the US broadcast network season and mm. it's a shame that Logies can't kick off the Australian season mm. in the same way, you know, that last weekend of January, see the Logies. Or even mm. mid-February or something. Yeah. But, um, first week like, of race. I mean, that's basically mm. when Emmys goes to air, isn't it? Almost mm. like the first that's Sunday it. night yeah. of race. Like, that's it. Mm. It's so, like the Sunday night, the Monday morning is when yeah. it officially starts. Yeah. Is mm. that, um, I guess you sort of have a review every year and you throw everything up in the air and go, yeah, you know, yeah, how definitely. can we... You probably it's probably a bit too soon, is it after this oh, year? No. Well, to we'll do get that, you'll get into those. Um... We'll uh, send the issue in an hour or so, and then we'll start the debriefs. We do it while everything's sort of still fresh in our minds, and yeah. everything's up for discussion. Yeah, and you, you work very closely with your publisher Jane Ferguson, don't you? Too yes, on do, all things yeah. to do with the well, the magazine in general, but particularly the Logies. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, the event as a whole, uh, Jane's quite um, very involved. So. Yeah, and she's a happy publisher at the moment, is she? Do you think? You've, uh, yeah. She's quite happy with with how it all went this year. <laughs> Uh, she seems pretty happy to me. Yeah, yeah. I think she's uh, thrilled with all the positive feedback and how it all sort of unfolded on the night. Yeah. There was only one award where that I saw get a quite negative response, and it's actually not a surprise to me. It was when Gogglebox won Best mm. Factual Program mm. because Gogglebox is a program that seems to inspire real hatred in people because mm. people that maybe haven't watched the show or don't like the show mm. think that because it's a show about people watching TV mm. that somehow this is the death of civilization. So, okay, Gogglebox wins Best Factual mm. Program, and I saw some out outrage out mm. on there on Twitter saying how could this show beat Australian Story now I looked it up and Australian Story has won mm. four Logies mm. over the years so why not give it to the new kid on the mm. block but every single person I said that to me came back and said sorry Gogglebox shouldn't be in a category mm. called best factual mm. program with a show like Australian Story uh, look it's a tough one because um, you know there's always that blurred line between what's factual and what's reality uh, it's a tough one because um, it's not like on Gogglebox they're competing to win the prize. It's like real life, it's factual, they're sitting in their lounge rooms commenting on stuff. I guess that's, it's like looking in um, Bondi vet, like a vet working in his practice. So it is, it's a factual in itself is a hard genre because there's a range of quite different shows which sort of fall into it. I mean, I love Gogglebox. I think it's, um, 
funny. It's different. It's something we haven't seen. So I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm loving Gogglebox too. I just yeah. want them to do a bit more Australian drama mm. and comedy, and not so much reality every mm. week. Last week's episode, they did seven reality shows mm. in a row and one movie. Yeah, and I'm but like, come on, it's please. the biggest thing on TV. Yeah. Reality, it's, it's making the massive out the genre. It's the one. It's making out that the only thing there is to watch on TV is reality, well, it and there's is. a perfect. <laughs> Listen, if you're a free-to-air viewer with no other access to anything else, it's probably pretty much going to be reality. How many families are there on Gogglebox watching TV? And we've got a new Australian drama that started within their range called Mm. Tomorrow When the War Began. Mm. It was the perfect show starting from episode one to see what families thought of the new ABC Australian drama and they completely ignored it. And they've ignored every Australian drama this year so far. But is that as fun to talk about when you've got people on the couch who want those catty remarks and while they were suddenly plenty of catty remarks on my couch about tomorrow when the war began i don't think it really quite cuts through the same way i urge you to watch the uk and look at the mix of shows they do there Mm. i'm just worried that gogglebox is just a little bit too focused on reality tv Mm. instead of looking at the breadth of australian tv including a little bit of current affairs including a little bit of comedy and including some drama as well but rant over british people are so much more bitchy um do you think the problem comes for like in terms of the criticism comes from calling it best factual program rather than most popular because obviously it's a popular vote, it's not necessarily... Yeah. Yeah. Look, we renamed um, Popular to Best this year for all those awards because we felt, you know, it was putting the power over to the viewers. It's what they think is the best. Uh, it's yeah. not necessarily the most popular. It's, you know, their choice, what they think is the best. So that's Yeah. What, um, Do you think it's clear to a lot of viewers that that is the popular vote as opposed to outstanding? Look, it's a new thing. Um, obviously, you know, we uh, did our best to communicate that. But mm. and it, whenever you do something new, there is probably some a bit of an initial confusion. To be honest, um, you know, with the Logies, you know, we obviously have our best awards, we have outstanding. Um, it's very clear we communicate that, but I think there is still, a, you know, sometimes a little bit of confusion. Well, as uh, Dan and I have uh, had recent experience, it is very hard to categorise what seem to be very simple things, isn't yeah. it, Dan? <laughs> we, have an on, we have an ongoing debate in here as to yeah. whether we maintain something called digital. Because yeah, so many things are digital now. I know, but there's yeah. just simple things, whether you call mm. certain topics mm. publishing or are they magazines or mm. are they, you mm. know. So it, it, what appears to be very simple mm. when you actually get down to it, it can, can be quite confusing. tricky, can't it? Just just mm. saying which thing goes where. Mm. Um Emma, this year the industry really got behind the awards, Mm. I think more than ever. Some years there's hardly any chief executives at the Mm. event. This year everybody was there except Seven's Tim Warner, I think. Mm. Wow, really? So, yeah, you had Mm. new um, Foxtel boss Peter Tonner was there, new ABC boss uh, Michelle Guthrie was Mm. there, like after one week in the job. Mm. Paul Anderson from Ten was Mm. there, the Ten CEOs Mm. usually there. Um, Hugh Marks, the new Nine chief mm. executive, was also there. Mm. So it was a really good turnout. And so they should be, especially mm. if you're a new CEO. This is a chance for you to mm. meet your staff in a, in a kind of a mm. casual setting and also meet other people yeah, in the industry. Too. They should be there. Mm. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And as I said, we um, work closely with all networks, just this night, not, not just nine, um, in the lead-up and you know, our coverage on the night. So that was really pleasing to us to yeah. see. Yeah, do you get that feedback this year that people were really you know maybe they are the same they do it every Mm. year but did you feel there was any more more commitment this year or they were just the usual support yeah I guess at that top level it was good to have everyone there but I think every year we have such amazing support from the networks and we work so closely with all of them so the um let's talk a little bit about the hall of fame Mm. been a lot of a lot of commentary that look not enough women get in Mm. um and just Two, when you're just only doing one person a year, mm. you're really only scratching the surface. Mm. 
one comment I've heard and quite liked was Peter Ford's on mm. the Monday morning. Why is there a possibility maybe of hiving off the Hall of Fame as a special event? which would give, you know, maybe nine and TV Week mm. a second bite at the, the Logies brand, if mm. you like, and you could, you know, induct maybe four or five people yeah. every year and, you know, spread the love a bit yeah. more. And is that something you've discussed in the past? Well, this year we um, took the Newcomer Awards out as a separate event because obviously Correct, TV yeah. Week has that proud tradition of supporting new talent and we felt like that was an opportunity for us to get them their moment to shine. So, yeah, we'll definitely, definitely consider things like that. Um, Hall of Fame, you know, it was a really pleasing result for us. Um, but, you know, I, it's not the TV Week staff sitting around and picking someone sure. like it used to be. It's um, the networks admit lists. It's voted by a panel of industry judges. So we can't pick who wins it as sure. such. Um, but we were really pleased with the result. And in terms of, like, making it a mini event or something we announce separately, it's something we do consider every year. Last year we announced Hall of Fame early when Home and Away yeah. won it. So... It, it can be discussed. Yeah. I always find it hilarious. And, and, you know, I was watching the news on Monday afternoon. They had one of those mm-hmm. panel shows and they, they were talking about Noni's speech and this bloke said, look, I really didn't think it was the time or place for politics. And I just think, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, here we are talking about the Logies because it was such a good event. And when do you want Noni to say what she thinks about Australian TV? Someone said on Twitter, replied to me, do you want it to sit sit quietly on the toilet and say to herself I mean this is what makes the Logies great when you have these gotcha moments from Miranda Tapsell and Carrie Bickmore and Noni this is what people remember the next day and I think it's great that the Logies night gets remembered by these gotcha moments in the script they should be allowed it's almost the only chance if you get every Hall year, of Fame, Noni's been in the biz how many years, and someone sits there and goes, oh, "I really don't think it was the time or place." For Christ's sake! You know, it was one of the key moments of the show, yeah. um, and it's exciting. And a little goat for me, down as one of the best speeches I've heard. So, that really did. Uh, let's talk about the length of the program. For me, the Hall of Fame was the one thing that mm. almost pushed it over the edge, mm. though lengthwise. Mm. I mean, it pretty much filled half an hour, mm. and I was really thinking, sitting there watching it. This is nice, but. It might be nice somewhere else, you know, because it really did stretch that. Um, I think it nearly went an hour over, in fact, because I think nine were probably, their program guide was thinking about three, three and a half hours max, and then ended up going mm. close to Well, you tweeted what the EPG half. was saying. Didn't um, you? Yeah, well, I was expected to finish at 11 according to mm. the actual schedule, and I know because I was out that night, I could only really watch the end. So I tapped in about 10 past 11, knowing that it would still be on, and it certainly was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Due to finish just after eleven. I mean, the Logies. I mean, it was a. It always goes over, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And it was um, a completely live show this year, like last year. Um, everything went live. There was nothing was pre-recorded, so there's always that risk it will go over. But um, I don't know. Sitting in the room, I didn't feel like it was too slow. As I said, I haven't actually watched the telecast yet. So yeah. it's yeah. a shame they can't always start it earlier in the evening. Like mm. maybe kick it off at six thirty. Like have the news and go straight into the logies and well, just make a bit more do. family sort of. They do have the news and go straight into the logies. Well, isn't seven thirty it starts? It's yeah, but they have the red carpet. Yeah, so they do seven. half an hour of the red carpet from seven. And I think people want to see red carpet. You know, mm. oh, they do. They yeah. do. So you can't, you couldn't dump the red carpet. Yeah. They actually so. did do what I've been saying for years and years because in previous years they've started the red carpet at seven thirty and started mm. the ceremony at eight fifteen and mm. you know there was that year it finished at twelve twenty. I'm like, this has to start <laughs> earlier. Yeah. We did start it as early as they physically could with their one-hour news bulletin still finished at midnight. Mm. Um, Emma, give us a bit of a preview of the uh, 
the Post Logies TV Week magazine, which will be out next Monday. Yeah, we're doing something different this year. As I said, um, you won't necessarily see all the winners holding their Logies on the cover. It's something a bit different um, because a lot of that content we've already pushed so out. So people to. should, if they haven't already, there's a you've got a whole lot of that at um, TV Week. Is it .com.au? Yeah, um, and our social channels as well, as well. So there's a lot of content up in terms of videos and chats with the winners and photos. So we definitely still will have a wrap-up, but it's a bit different to, I guess, what we used to do five so or so years ago. Um, yeah, but it'd be still lots of nice pictorial coverage because yes. you can't really reproduce that online, can no, you? No, uh, and that's what we're focusing on, those beautiful big images uh, backstage that no one else will have. Um, a couple of exclusive chats we got backstage and no one else will have. So it's a bit different, but it's, it's still exciting. You don't have to name names, but do people <laughs> get a few drinks and then come up to you or other people from TV Week and start laying into you about why didn't so-and-so win or something? <laughs> Does that ever happen? Uh, it didn't really happen this year. It probably has happened in pre- previous I'll years. Oh, give it time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I said, this year I, all I had was like positive feedback on the night, so it was good. The um, the people use the Logies Weekend differently too. Like Stan had a very good idea. They've got this pop-up bar called Roadhouse mm. to promote Wolf Creek. Yes. And the Melbourne one was, I think, probably time to coincide mm. with Logies Weekend. So they had a couple of functions. I think they had an opening on the Thursday night, then a sort of a media function on the Saturday night. So it was very... Clever. Sp- yeah, yeah, very went, smart. Yeah. And Foxtel's done things in the past, yeah. I think. So you'd encourage all that sort of stuff, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Seven had um, a launch of 800 Words in Melbourne the morning after because obviously they had the whole cast from 800 Words over. So it makes sense to do a sort of a mini brunch. I know Nine have their morning after brunch. Um, yeah, Nine always do it very well, don't they? That, yeah. that brunch the next, that next morning. So I guess they've got extra investment. Yeah in the Logies but they certainly yeah. do capture it and, and it uh, makes sense in these days when everything's so expensive you've got all your talent at one spot to, to do something extra this year our Sunrise sort of almost avoided mm-hmm. the Logies because they mm-hmm. said look we can't get in it's hardly worth us all coming down so they just had um, one person sitting outside and the rest of the hosts in Sydney would, mm-hmm. would you have liked to have seen them down there do you think if they could have come to some arrangement to uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to comment on the broadcast stuff of where they sure. look. But um, it would have been nice to see them there. But I think at Seven was really well represented on the night. Edwina was there doing some stuff and uh, Sam Max. So, you know, I definitely think they covered the event. Let's, while we're on that, let's tick off a couple of other old chestnuts, Andrew, that always come up. The Logies in Melbourne. Doesn't particularly worry me, but the long term, you mean you just have a deal that works financially for yeah. for, for TV weekend for nine, I guess. Well, the um, we have got a contract with um, Crown, which is, um, got one more year to go, and after that, you know, discussions will start going forward. And, and, and they are building a Crown building here in mm, Sydney, aren't yes. they? Which I assume is going to have a giant showroom. Let's <laughs> hope. Um, I mean, we love dealing with Crown in Melbourne. I've, you know, it works really well for us in terms of ha- having that many hotels and a close, you know, to fit all those stars. You know, the room is great. So it's good. But um, And it does look glamorous yeah. on air. Not, not so much the room itself, but mm. with that red carpet thing mm. when they go in the shiny marble mm. floors and the next day when Nine are doing their shows there. It, it is a good location. Oh, it all works, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 And that's what you've got to, fit, you know, you need a room that big to fit that many people. You need enough hotels to get people into the event quickly. So, you know, we'll be looking for... There's a lot of different people involved that it's not just us to make the decision so sure i thought it might be worth getting um particularly uh dan and um 
and uh, Andrew's thoughts on some of the winners and then the TV, official TV Week perspective okay. and um, how it <laughs> ranks with your uh, viewers. Um, the, the project, I mean, second successive year they've won gold, won three awards on the night. Mm. Um, it's almost seemed to be, excuse the... Uh, the cliche, gone to a new level, the project. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Waleed summed it up very uh, well in his speech where he said that, you know, our show has heart. Because I think that's why, you know, I've read many, many times in the lead up to the Logies and since about how could this person from a low rating show win. I think that there's something really important to be taken from this. I think that the fact that the audience is so invested in the project that they've now voted two of us hosts as the Gold Logies for the last two years could actually prove that low ratings aren't everything in this business. If you have a loyal viewership that loves you enough to vote for Gold Logies, that's actually... And I'm sure that Home and Away would say the same thing with their audience, the fact that they win Best New Drama after how many years on the end. You know, there's a lot to be said for an audience who loves your show. And the show is almost the perfect program for the social media audience as well, where we live in this generation now of seeing so much of the pop culture and news sort of through our Twitter feeds or Facebook feeds throughout the day that I think people actually want to see a variety show that reflects that. And the project's mm. actually set up to do that exact purpose. Yeah, and it's not always the top rating shows. It's not always down to ratings. It's a show that the audience cares about. Mm-hmm. And they care about the talent. They can make a connection. And they care enough to vote. So. Yeah, and as you said, Mm. the project can be a favourite show, but even if you're not there every night, because, Mm. I mean, a lot of people can't be Mm. at their TV before 7.30 Mm. because they've got... Life gets in the way, doesn't it? You do stuff, you know. But if they were there, they'd be watching the project. So that you can still vote for it if you're not tuned in every night. It's also repeated later that night as well. So yeah, and that probably picks up I don't know, hundred thousand plus or something. So you know, that's that's that that's a new audience. I doubt many people actually sit there and watch both screenings, (laughs) but you never know. Just on that popularity thing, My Kitchen Rules, the most popular show on TV for Mm. probably seven eight years, pretty much ignored completely this year. Yeah. Does that I mean, puzzle I, you at all why it doesn't get I, a bit I, more I'd, of a. I'd like to see Peter Manu in the mix. Um, as I said, I don't pick the winners, so. Yeah. But it's probably surprising to me that they're not in the mix because they're both, very, you know, likeable. Manu in particular obviously has a, a big fan base. Um, so it'd be great to see them in the lineup. Mm, this just stands out to me as one of the mm. sort of. Mm. exceptions to the mm. rule that most things get covered I guess. Mm. and I reckon Seven are a bit unhappy about that mm. just quietly. well then well, maybe they should campaign a bit harder maybe, maybe to, they should you know mm. hand out a few yeah. well, I guess they don't have live maybe they need to do that My Kitchen Rules Christmas special towards the end of the year to remind people when voting's happening you know because it is well, a show an that idea. happens in the yeah. first or do a few live events or something show. you know take it mm. on the road and yeah. get some crowds and hand out the suggested uh, voting cards <laughs> Um, other things that did well, I mean, the, the most pop, uh, the ABC won the most awards, eight, I think. Mm. Um, I guess they do really well in the it's the outstanding categories, mm. isn't it? Um, whereas the commercial networks tend to win more of the um, the best best categories. Mm. But uh, that's where some of the dramas turned up. Mm. The, not a lot of drama got a nod otherwise, does it, in the best categories? Yeah, Home and Away won best, um, but then a lot of uh, other dramas mm. came up with awards. Celia Rowland won for Wentworth, mm. Alex Dimitriadis won for The Principal, mm. Glitch won Most Outstanding Drama on the ABC, which is great. They're coming back for a second series. The Secret River won mm. Best Miniseries. There was a real... Mm. I love it when there's a variety of shows that are all sharing that pie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a real d- diversity of, mm. of, uh, of projects uh, who won, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
And it's a nice reflection of the great drama we've got on TV at the moment. It's been a really exciting year for drama. Yeah, it's heavy in ABC year as I think it was. I think this year will be, well, next year will be more of an ABC year because they've got that strong commitment to Australian drama every Thursday night. So we see a lot more there. Mm. But a lot more competition from Foxtel, I think, with Mm. Secret City and also Kettering. Mm. Yeah, well, I think this was the year Foxtel, the most nominations ever. Was it 19? Does that mm. ring a bell? But they yeah. only actually walked away with two wins. Mm. So they had a place to call home in the mix the, this the year. The conversion probably wasn't as great yeah. as they would have liked, but they got, certainly got a lot of nominations. Yeah, they'll jump, and in the best categories as well, which I think they were thrilled about because um, the popular voter. Mm. I will be super, super controversial here. Well, and it? this is super controversial, and say that I... I think Redfern now is, was the, is one of the most outstanding drama series we've ever made. I love Deborah Malman, but I really did not like that telly movie, the rape telly movie that she won Most Outstanding Actress for. I think it was a shame that um, they went with her when you had people like Pamela Rabe doing 10 Hours of Foxtel and Marta Dusseldorp mm. in A Place to Call Home. Some really great performance, but it's a really tough category. Most amazing. Outstanding Actor, most they're also fantastic. And as much as I say that I think that Alex Dimitriadis winning for the principal he was fantastic oh, that, in that show amazing so I think go. that was one of the most popular awards of the nights that Alex Dimitriadis I, also think, I also think he was the best dressed man there on the night <laughs> wait till you see his jacket on TV there was a light that was catching it that was making it mm. look more reddish or pink than I think it mm. actually was but yes. I, I love what he's a, he's a fashion bit of a fashion styler mm. styling man uh, Mr. Dimitriadis and he looked amazing the other night that's a great show which, talking about these awards too, Emma, it makes me think you had a great year in terms of nominees showing up too. Mm. I mean, was there only one person who wasn't there in the whole night to claim their award? Yeah. Maybe one or two. Some yeah, years that was a pretty a good few, year. But, like, but I think virtually nearly everybody was there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know um, Essie Davis came back from That's what I was going to say. Essie and, Davis, yeah. Sarah Snook was Sarah, there, and yeah. she's, her career's on fire overseas mm. as well. So these people really put aside some time in their busy schedules yeah. to, uh, to, to get along to the uh, mm. Crown Palladium. Mm. Um, Killing Season was a, um, was a good choice too, I thought, mm. for, for a win. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Don't no. Let me hang yeah. No. No. And I, I. I loved it. I loved Sarah Ferguson's speech. Mm. Absolutely. That mm. was. Listen. That documentary, as we remember last year, who would ever have guessed mm. that that documentary would outrate Love Child, which had spent mm. the previous year as Australia's num- new number one drama, and there they were, halfway through their second season, and a documentary on the ABC outrated mm. it for three weeks. No one. No one saw that coming because that mm. documentary was great. Yeah, and it was a popular win in the room. So, mm. Emma, the NRL footy show mm. wins its category year in, year out. Um, best sports program. I think this is 10 they've won now. or yeah. I'm not sure if they've had that unbeaten, but they've won 10 in a, close to 10 yeah. years. Somebody gave me the theory that Look, the NRL footy show stands out while there's a lot of AFL shows. Mm. You can vote for various ones. That tends to split the vote. I don't yeah, don't know if you theory, spend much yeah. time <laughs> wondering about the... My, my theory's always been that uh, the NRL footy show maybe has more female viewers than the AFL footy show, which may now be corrected with their new host, Rebecca Madden. Mm. But it always feels to me when I go back and visit my relatives in Brisbane mm. that all the women are talking to me about the footy show. And really? Yeah. Okay, but listen, you know what? When they do that to you, I don't watch the footy show every week, but when they do that best of the footy show at the end of the year and they just do two hours of their funniest comedy skits, I always take that and I always laugh. They do yeah. do some really funny stuff on that show. Also, yeah. you can't sort of... 
split it down by codes because NRL footy show is more of a variety show, whereas the AFL one's more actually sports orientated. That's a good point, yeah. Mm. Yeah, not much more. But I don't know, it's a yeah, pretty no, goofy yeah, show, the right, NRL yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, the, somebody else told me about the population breakdown. I mean, look, mm. New South Wales and Queensland, 12, 13 million people, mm. just over half the Australian population yeah. live there. So if, you, if you're reaching that market, yeah. you're going to do val- very well in any sort of voting category. The, I mean, if you're stuck all of an episode of all these programs in a time capsule or mm. and shot it off somewhere, it's really very representative of mm. uh, the Australian television, isn't it? A great, great diversity of everything that's on and, and pretty, good, uh, pretty good choices. Um, on uh, WSFM this week, um, Amanda, Jonesy and Amanda were talking about... Jonesy had a beef with the... And a lot of people talk about this every year with... Uh, who, with seven winning most outstanding news coverage for the Parramatta shooting. Jonesy said, and of course his news girl uh, went against him on this, he finds it distasteful that a, a tragedy results in a news service crowing about, well, we had the best coverage. And of course his newsreaders said, yes, but they were the first people on the scene and all of that. But he said, no, I, I find that distasteful that a, a bunch of people died um, you know, this man killed and, and a network takes home a Logie well, and then talks about it and goes, congratulations to our team. Well, it did cross my mind when Robert Avardia got up and was giving the background of what happened and he mm. talked about the death and I thought, yeah, it, was, it made me a little bit uneasy, but then, it, you know, it he happened. He did a good job with the speech, though. Mm. It was mm. a moment in the room and... I don't know. It's, we have to recognise they're doing a job. You exactly. Know, yeah. News is, you know, some of the top rated shows. Do you ignore shows. it or do you, yeah. you know? Mm. It's all about tone, though. Like, mm. if you got behind a microphone and said, we're still number one, guys, like, that's off. But yeah. as long as he's actually approaching it in the right way, I think it fits. Yeah. Mm. And backstage, when they come back, they all, you know, they don't jump around and say, we've won, it's very sombre, and, you know, they sit down. And, and I agree with you. That speech mm. was great. I, I think Jonesy was, he pulled out the pit bit on the news the next night when Mark Ferguson said, want to congratulate our news team. That's what offended him, the, the, the reaction from within the network the next day. But hey. Right, okay. Um, Emma, th- it, with regards of... Um what resonates with your readers? Are there mm. many shows that don't crop up? I mean, I guess My Kitchen Rules would pro- possibly be one. Is there anything else that's sort of missing a little bit off this? Like uh, Andrew would be probably upset Neighbours didn't get any sort of um, <laughs> goal. No, but if you look at Neighbours viewership in Australia, I'm not surprised that they're not in there. And I actually, I, I know I've been talking a lot about how good I reckon it's become in the last six months. I don't think it actually applies to this um, uh, the 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 awards from last year. Yeah. yeah. And as it, uh, gone are the days that people vote in a coupon on TV week, uh, the voting is being pushed out to the general voting public. So it's not necessarily so it's not exactly just... the same as the people who buy TV week. It's people at home watching their shows and voting. They don't have to have a copy of TV week. But I have to say, you know, it, there is it does represent the type of shows that people like. They obviously like dramas. They love the reality shows. Um, you have to look at some of the people that have won awards, like Eric Thompson and 800 Words, Home and Away, obviously. Jessica Murray, Love Child. So, mm. and they're the type of shows we put. We in know the they're popular. You yeah. know that that you saw issues when those mm. shows are on your cover. Yeah, for sure. And you know, people love Australian content, and that's what we focus on. You couldn't do anything. I don't know, special awards or anything that would be more inclusive of some of the multi-channel How late do you want us to stay up to at night, James? The show finished at midnight this year. Stop adding awards. Well, I'm just throwing it out there. But, you know, because a lot of, you know, the 
I did the math the other day, or somebody actually did it for me. There's about nearly 30% of people watching the multi-channels on any night. Mm. Um, You know, many of these people are unrepresented. Mm. Stan were nominated for no activity, so that was opened up to them this year. And obviously, as they um, include more Australian content, they'll definitely Mm. be in the mix, and we'll have to look at that, how we avoid having a two-day show. Yeah. (laughs) We could have the multi-channel logies, Andrew. What do you think about that? No. Separate night, mate. No, there'll be like three nominees. What, are we going to give an award to Couch Time? <laughs> Why do you hate Couch Time so much? Because <laughs> it's rubbish. In terms of the streaming programs, does it need to be its own category or could No Activity just be considered best comedy? Well, it was. No Activity slotted into oh, okay, so that just, yeah. okay, so I thought it was a streaming category. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. No, we allowed them. They could enter if they were qualified for I think they awards. were thrilled really thrilled mm. that they got as many nominations as they got that mm. they actually were included because you know how many is it take Foxtel to get a Logie and here's you know to get a Logie nomination and mm. his streaming comes in with the first ever show they did and boom they get the yeah. nominations they'd be thrilled and you've got uh, Wolf Creek obviously starting yeah. and that'll be obviously of contention next year can I ask have you seen Wolf uh, Creek I've Dan? seen the first one you've seen the first one can I think you tell te- me what you think I think I'm technically still under embargo but it comes okay. out tomorrow so yeah, who cares it's tomorrow yeah. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I think that it's not quite sort of HBO level drama, but it's certainly at like your sort of Showtime level. Like it's a very professional, very great looking TV series. Well, how think. many levels you got? Uh, well, I've, I've got 15 different levels, James, and I'll run through each of them based on mood. And No, I think they should be very proud of what they've actually done. But I've only seen that first one. And the thing with Wolf Creek is that the movie's a horror. This is more a psychological sort of thriller. And a psychological thriller, I think, really relies quite heavily on that payoff. And having only seen that first hour, I don't know how it's really going to feel right. after that. So I'm a little bit, I'm catching my sort of view on it a little. But it's good. Mm. Like, I don't think people would be disappointed. Yeah. Mm. Aimer, I think Lucy Fry was she was at the mm. Logies and she was also at the Roadhouse event yeah. I think I saw you there too she impressed a lot of people just with her yeah. manner and um, mm. you know this, this girl's really got a lot of I don't know what What's the word I'm uh, searching she's for? She's got here? that Hollywood Hutzpah? glamour. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, charisma, I guess. Yeah, that, charisma. That real she's, charisma. And you know, you, have to, you look at her and think Kate Blanchett. That's what I thought when I saw her. I thought, you've got something. And she's very impressive. I mean, she's talented. She photographs well. She speaks well. So I think she's really got... So your job, James, now is to get her in here for a podcast because, you know, last year we were saying this about Abby Earl from mm. A Place to Call Home. She came in and did a podcast and blew all of us yeah. away with, with, mm. with exactly the same uh, abilities. Yeah, I was speaking to someone at, from Nine, I think it was, and said, oh, have, you, have you got anything you could put her in? And they said, well, I think she's gone, you know, I think they've mm. lost her to Hollywood. It's, yeah. um, well, she was in 112263, so mm. she's already got her first sort of real credit over there for that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, might might be a bit hard to get her back here. Um, the, now, you had a new warm-up bar person, I think. Mm. Was this year Brian Nagkervis' first mm. year doing the warm-up, wasn't it? Yeah, in my time, it's his first yeah. time. Um, he was very well received. I mean, it's it a hard gig, let me tell you. It's mm. a hard room. Everyone talks through everything. They don't listen. But he had the room, you know, listening. You know, I, saw, I went to, I th- must have been a thank God you're here in mm. Melbourne that he did a warm-up, and I thought he was the best warm-up guy mm. I had ever Ever seen? I've seen a few. I mean, just some of the things he got, he got Gary Sweet up on stage. Mm. How good was that? Story. Yeah, he, he had did. Uh, everyone holding hands, doing, singing a Logie's anthem that he made up <laughs> on the spot, um, and, the, and he had some music playing. It was a really good vibe in the room. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Gary Sweet got up and sang our satisfaction, <laughs> with, complete with all the Mick Jagger moves and everything. It was just sensational. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just he just came out of the audience and it was almost a little show in itself that first bit usually yeah. no one's listening they're just yeah, sort of yeah. eating but it, it really galvanised mm. everybody and, and as um, 
and got them on. I want to see do- more of Nan Curvis on TV generally. Yeah, he's outside he's of Rockwiz. You never get to see him. Were you doing um, something different in terms of uh, like a lockout with the doors with people mm. leaving and all that? Because I didn't see empty seats. I didn't mm. see empty tables. The only time I actually was aware that the doors had clearly been opened and there was this rush to get back to the seats was as Andrew McFarlane started his speech mm. for Noni Hazelhurst. Mm. I could hear a lot of uh, noise yeah. in the audience and people really, obviously someone saying, shut up, this is a really yeah. important award of the night. But it felt to me like um, I didn't, you know, in other years, in years gone past, you've almost felt people leaving the room and mm. this kind of void sometimes mm. there, which I didn't feel this year. Yeah, they've got a tick account of clock on that says you've got three minutes mm. to get to the bathroom, and if you don't get back, you're locked out. And they're really strict with it, so everyone bolts and rushes, and they want to be back in the room. And I think how the show was set out this year, there was some really exciting things in every segment. No one really wanted to leave. They're yeah. all holding on. So yeah, <laughs> and they've got some pretty uh, keen seat fillers too, who who show fillers? up uh, pretty quickly if yeah. there's a a seat that might be in some sort of camera view that mm. the seat fillers will be there mm. quick smart so uh, you'll lose out yeah. if you don't get back in time Definitely. um just anything you know you'll say so for the future you'll have your recap um you know your review what's going on yeah mm. yeah definitely we'll start that from tomorrow probably <laughs> look at um you know everything from the voting process to our coverage in the magazine what we did online we sort of the voting categories, everything. So, and we take in feedback from everyone, all the networks. Um, so nothing's left unturned. And they did a great job this year with In Memoriam. Mm. You know, last year they did that disastrous thing where the camera pulled back for a long shot and you couldn't read who was okay. on the screen. They did a long shot of the room. But this year, all the people's faces and names were front and centre for the whole Good. thing. It was really well done. And I know they pretty much included everybody. I couldn't mm. see anyone missed out. Mm. Now, um, I'll give... Um Andrew and Dan, a little bit of notice. We'll, we'll get you to throw in some other TV quick thoughts before we wrap this up. But uh, Emma, just give us a little plug about the magazine. What else is going on? It's not all Logies, is it? What, what else are you covering these days? And what sort of any new categories or sections? or? Um... Um, we are making a few changes to the magazine after Logies. Um, I guess with so many Australian dramas, you know, we're focusing a lot more on them at the front half of the magazine. Um, looking at the guide pages of the magazine, that's okay. a big challenge for us with so many new channels. So that's yeah. something we'll have to look at in the next... How so we I guess you're always in. asking yourselves, do you still need to have every channel yeah. for every hour? Can you, you know, yeah. migrate some of that online? I think we'll or? have to. Um, we have included some of the new channels, but um, we've only got half a day in there and we, people okay. are not happy with that. They want a full day. Do they? There's something you do in the magazine mm-hmm. this week that I'd like you to do in the future, and that is you did, uh, with your Home and Away coverage, mm-hmm. you did a recap of what happened with their explosion mm-hmm. and who died and all that because sometimes you know because you're not wanting to give away plot spoilers um, and you don't do that but sometimes something happens in those dramas and then you know like it, it I only just found out the other day that Samantha Jade's not in the show anymore I mm. thought she joined the show for 12 months and I was like what she's not in the show anymore yeah. I'd love a little recap panel mm. like that every week saying to you this is what just happened that we couldn't yeah. tell you about the week before just to, because yeah. you can't watch every episode of every drama sometimes and it's, it's nice to kind of yeah. know what's going on Cheat sheet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because everything we do, we don't give away the full. Yeah. We tease and like we don't want to give away too many spoilers. That's a good idea. Thanks, Andrew. Mm. Yeah, and no, I like that. I'm often looking for that for, for professional. Mm. You know, you want mm. to try now. What what did happen yeah. there? And it's, mm. yeah. it's very hard to find, even online. You know, mm. you just you just can't get some of those details, those mm. cast movements, stuff like mm. that. Yeah. So we should stay engaged with TV Week. You, 
the magazine's always evolving. Yep. You're yeah, definitely. Reviewing, refreshing, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, always refreshing. You know, there'll be a redesign around the corner, so lots of new stuff coming up. Yeah, okay. Dan, mate, anything else you want to get off your chest, let um, loose? One of the challenges I'm thinking for TV Week, as TV starts shifting more towards these very short-run TV shows, so... Mm. Back in the olden days, you know, obviously you got your soaps that run every night at 6.30 or 7 mm. o'clock. Uh, you'd have, you know, your water rats or your blue healers mm. or whatever. Like, that's 40-week runs. But now things are six, eight weeks. Mm. Now, when you're trying to find stories that are reflective of what you think the readers of TV Week are interested mm. in, like, how do you actually juggle the idea of knowing that someone wants, uh, like, that the audience are obviously responding to something, mm. but then you've only got, like, three weeks left to really mm. give that coverage? Like, how do you do that? Our readers are very vocal. They let us know. Like, we get a pretty good idea of what they're loving and what they're not loving, whether mm. it's through email or social. So um, we do a lot of planning, obviously. we Even if a show is only six weeks, we'll have a lot of coverage ready to go. Yeah. Um, and we get a pretty clear idea of, like, what they're liking and not liking. So, And we're pretty reactive, so we can change stuff. And for first seasons, I'm guessing it's really just sort of knowledge of kind of what they probably would respond to nicely. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we've got a pretty clear idea of the type of shows they're going to respond to. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Australian drama. Um, we get really good access. We've got a lot of content to go with. Yeah, there's lots of real high-end dramas at the moment. Mm. That Thursday night ABC, mm. and also looking at something like Clever Man, and then Foxtel's mm. got a few good ones this mm. year as well. Is that the sort of stuff that TV Week readers are interested mm. in, or is that sort of a lesser consideration? No, sure. I mean, in terms of the ABC dramas, you know, we've got a big rake special coming up next week um, mm. for the launch. You know, we did a Dr. Blake cover, and that was sold really well for us. So it's not just your home in a ways. Um, you know, readers are really open to all those. Obviously, S.E. Davis being nominated for gold. Um, those type of shows definitely get a big run in TV week. Do they go sort of higher end with like a Janet King, that sort yeah. of thing? Or, yeah? yeah, we've done a lot of coverage on Janet King. Um, anything drama-based, we're all over. Yeah. Andrew, anything else? TV, interested Logies or otherwise, mate? Well, if you're going to wait, if you, it must insist on having one more Logie Award next <laughs> year, James. I'll have to say it'd be the most incredible coincidence in Australian drama history because, of course, we had the, the explosion in Neighbours and then a few weeks later an explosion in Home and Away. And here's the incredible coincidences that happen in both shows. Both explosions happened at a fundraiser. Both explosions <laughs> killed a male twin... Both explosions <laughs> featured the rema- the surviving female twin having a dream about their dead twin brother and waking up and realising, oh, my God, they're really dead. And then both families that had lost the twin then lost a second member of the family in uh, injuries they suffered in the blast that came and got them afterwards. So that's... And I'm not saying that those shows, you would never copy that. That's a coincidence. The only thing that Home and Away did differently was they cut the arm off one of their characters. <laughs> Maddie's now an amputee, so they've got one dismembered limb that they can say we were different. It's quite freaky, really, isn't it? It's yeah, really yeah. freaky. Wow. That's, uh, what are yeah. you suggesting is behind this? It's Illuminati or what's going on? <laughs> Very bizarre. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's very bizarre. Is um, the TV Week audience the Game of Thrones audience too? And so much crossover there, do you think? We do do some coverage. It wouldn't be a full cover for us. Mm. Um, but yeah, we definitely. And it's one that's coming straight from America. So again, it's more interview based rather than plot for us. And everyone's very obvious that we can't do any spoilers for that. It's impossible. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't want to risk your life to do one anyway, would you? You think plot stories are still pretty critical to, to your success, do you think? Uh, it depends on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we do plots, we do news, we do interviews. So it depends on the show. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, you two chaps, how are we enjoying this Game of Thrones? Is it... Um 
Well, I, oh, I th- did think that. We'll be up the third episode screen. Yeah, it's three it's episodes a bit now. out there. It takes me a few weeks to really sort of get into the groove of Game of Thrones and get some perspective as to where we're at. But, I mean, that show's always been out there, but I thought that third episode, I think. Oh, geez, look, yes. I'm not a Game of Thrones groupie. I watch <laughs> and sometimes clean the house in between um, because I can't, it's too complicated for me to follow. I just kind of let it all wash over me and go, well, that's a beautiful castle this way. <laughs> that's the kind of detail I follow. Uh, yeah. I follow it. There's two or three stories. Lines I understand, and the others I was like, Yeah, well, no. just let them wash over me. I'm too good wife focused at the moment to care. Mm. Too but I just good was, wife. I was right. thinking this finishes week. up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got the main characters back to life, yeah, uh, and then you've got uh, someone else who hasn't been in for a while traveling through time, yeah, going back and looking at his and then the past girl that was blind standing in the scene, yeah, and then the girl that was blind is <laughs> yeah. not blind anymore. <laughs> Honestly, it's really days of I mean, our lives at the moment. I mean, they get away with it, but you can imagine some other serious people would be going, Oh, come on, this is jump the shark so badly that you know. you know this is a show with dragons in it right James well, <laughs> well I know well, that's what I'm saying for, for you don't really shake your head and go I'm surprised do you because it yeah. In in terms of um, what they do, there's normally. not been enough sex and nudity either in the first three episodes so far, except did, for the Red Witch revealing she was an old hag. Yeah, I did find it interesting that Daenerys. There's definitely been sort of commentary that she's less likely to take off her clothes at this point. There was a nude scene this week, which things seemed very strategically placed around to cut that. Well, out, I did so. notice that. I thought, yeah, in that first yeah. couple of series, they wouldn't have been cropping no. her at the head or something. You would have, you know. No, yeah, it was all akimbo. It's, you almost feel they've gone a bit mainstream in a way. You know, they're, mm. a, they're a bit edgy, and they certainly yeah. maybe not doing some of those. It's very things. reserved these days. There's still plenty of deaths, though, and. The violence is, is certainly yeah. up there. All right, look, we might uh, wrap this one up. Um, Emma, great getting you to in here and uh, bathe a bit longer in this uh, post-Logie's um, honeymoon you. you're sort of enjoying. So, yeah, so I'll head back and long way to continue. Yeah, so go and get that magazine out, and we look forward to getting it next week. Dan and Andrew, uh, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a Media Week podcast. Don't forget you can find all our podcasts at mediaweek.com.au. It's our sort of a newish website, so there's lots else to enjoy there, isn't there, Dan? Uh, Yeah, lots of great features, stories each week. Pretty reflective of what's in the magazine, a little bit more. Yep, and don't forget you can follow us on social media, Media Week AUS on Twitter, and also check out our Facebook page, uh, Media Week. And LinkedIn, James. Don't forget the LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting around to LinkedIn, Dan, but uh, certainly plenty for you on Twitter and uh, and getting a bit more for you on Facebook too.